Angela Bowen here, the host of Punky Power on an official Punky Brewster podcast. And today I've got a new episode for you. We're jumping into season three again with the second episode entitled Punky's Big Story. Now I'm going to admit this wasn't like a favorite of mine. Um, but it aired originally on November 2nd, 1987. And this episode, Punky writes a gossip column for the school newspaper. Actually, what happens is she's assigned the human interests section of this newspaper. And she decides, well, students are humans, right? There's all stuff always going around school, people getting into trouble, this and that, doing crazy crap, right? I'm going to write about it. That'll get this newspaper hopping. That'll get people reading. Right? <laughs> yeah, Punky gets a little more than she... She bites off more than she can chew with this. Not that she takes on more responsibility. It's just that she gets herself into a bit of a conundrum. So... But before that, how's everyone doing? I hope you guys, <clears throat> excuse me, had a good week. We're back now to freezing cold, 15 degree temperatures outside. <laughs> I'm not feeling this weather. I want it to be spring. But what is it, two more weeks until Mr. Uh, Puxatawney Phil tells us whether we got six weeks of winter or an early spring? I mean, regardless of what... The groundhog says we're going to have six weeks regardless, and I'm, he doesn't talk. I know he doesn't talk, but um, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm sure I'm not alone here when I say I am really looking forward to spring. We got hit with so much snow, so much cold so early on in winter that it's just everyone's ready for to embrace spring and sun. I mean, Thursday was really nice. It was like 51 degrees. Actually, both Wednesday and Thursday were that. And then by Friday, it got down to the 20s, and now it's in the teens again. But I hear it's supposed to warm up this weekend again to like 40 degrees, so that'll be helpful. But um, I did actually have, um, surprisingly, Thursday and Friday off of work, which was... It was a nice blessing in disguise. You know, I took the opportunity to go to the bookstore and uh, to Schuler's. I took some books back. I got like $47 in credit there. So I found some books. And then after that, I went home. I mean, the roads were, the expressway was clear because that's how, the only way I was going to do this is it, drive there as if the expressway was clear. And it was, but. That didn't stop the wind from blowing like crazy, and it's like, I could literally feel my p car, that wind pulling at my car. Oh, that freaked me out. I'm like, oh god, my car is not huge, but it's not tiny either. But it still freaks you out when you're driving there, and you're f feeling this strong wind slowly pull at your car and it's almost like you're feeling even though you got both hands on the wheel you feel I felt like I almost didn't have control of my I did have control of my car but it's like that feeling of not feeling in control like mother nature's got their own plans for you and they're gonna mess with you luckily you know, I just reduced my speed a little bit. I felt a little more comfortable. But once I got um, away from uh, where I live, like 
further away, the wind kind of died down. And then on the way back home from where, uh, from Schuler's, um, it wasn't so bad. The weather kind of, uh, you know, I made it a point to just kind of get there, do what I need to do, and then leave. So, I was really hungry for dinner when I got home, because I think all I had was, like, fruit snacks, but a little thing of fruit snacks before I left. And that was pretty much it until, until dinner time. We had, what did we have for... We had jambalaya, veterans jambalaya the other day, so, um, we had something else. Shit, what was it? Eh, okay, I can't remember. Anyway, that's pretty much it. Um, I'm still, you know, reading books and everything like that. Everything's going well. I think we did that, Zataran's jambalaya with cheese. And the thing is that there's a recipe on the back of it that had, like, um... You, like, cook up some bacon and crumble that into it while it's cooking. And then, like, the last six minutes, you take, like, some eggs, depending on how many, whether you want, you know, four or six of them. We use six of them. And you just kind of crack the eggs over the jambalaya as it's cooking. And then you recover that for the last six minutes. And it's really good. I really like it. But, um, as for the books I'm currently reading, I'm reading an adult historical fiction book and a middle grade historical fiction book. I'm trying to read more middle grade right now. Um, I was working on Nightfall, The Keeper of the Lost Cities, uh, sixth book, but then I decided it was a, it's been a year since I read the fifth book, and I'm, like, kind of forgetting stuff. So I thought I'd just read, um, start at the beginning, maybe later this year. Because those books are really fast to get through, even though they're like 400, 500, 600 pages. The chapters are really fast to get through, so the final book, the seventh book, is supposed to come out, I think, in November. So probably like in May or something, I'm going to start rereading that series again, so that way by the time I hopefully get done with the sixth book... The seventh book will come out and everything will line up perfectly because I'm like, I thought, well, I can just continue to read and maybe a little will come back to me. And some does, but it's like, I'm not going to enjoy the book if I can't remember some stuff. I don't want to just read it to read it, you know. I want to be able to enjoy the experience and I can't do that if I'm forgetting things. So I'll tell you about the two books I'm currently reading at the moment. The first one is the middle grade novel. It's called The War That Saved My Life, and this is a Newbery Honor book. It is by Kimberly Brubaker Bradley. It's a new, She's a New York Times bestselling author. And guys, if you don't want to hear this, you can gladly just fast forward, uh, you know, hit the skip ahead button a few times. So I'm going to read the back of it. Only after she escaped from fear did she really find her strength. Ada is 10 years old and has never left her one-bedroom apartment, or, or her one-room apartment. Her cruel mother is too humiliated by Ada's twisted foot to let her outside. So when her little brother, Jamie, is shipped out of London to escape the war, Ada sneaks out to join him. Ada and Jamie are forced upon Susan Smith, a woman used to having only herself to care for. At Susan's home, Ada teaches herself to ride a pony. She learns to read and watches for German spies. This is all set around World War II. She even begins to trust Susan, and Susan begins to love Ada and Jamie. Oh, 
but in the end, will their bond be enough to hold them together through wartime, or will Ada and her brother fall back into the hands of their mother? Oh my lord, I hope not. That woman is terrible. From I just started reading it, and I don't like their mother. Oh my gosh. But this is a good book so far. There's actually a sequel. I, forget, I don't know what it's called, though. I think it came out last year, because I'm reading the paperback version, but... The adult historical fiction book I'm reading right now, and for those of you that love Titanic, the movie, I love it. This could be the book for you. It is by Hazel Gaynor. It's called The Girl Who Came Home, and then underneath it says, A Novel of the Titanic. And I'll tell you this. This is not a novel about the movie Titanic, okay? This is a person telling their own fictional account. So I'll read this. A voyage across the ocean becomes the odyssey of a lifetime for a young Irish woman. Ireland, 1912. Fourteen members of a small village set sail in RMS Titanic, hoping to find a better life in America. For 17-year-old Maggie Murphy, the journey is bittersweet. Though her future lies in an unknown new place, her heart remains in Ireland with Seamus, the sweetheart she left behind. When disaster strikes, Maggie is one of the few passengers in steerage to survive. Waking up alone in a New York hospital, she vows never to speak of the terror and panic of that fateful night again. Now, just below that, it says Chicago, 1982. So these are going to be two stories that intertwine. Adrift after the death of her father, Grace Butler struggles to decide what comes next when her great-grandmother, Maggie, shares the painful secret about Titanic that she's harbored for almost a lifetime. The revelation gives Grace new direction and leads both her and Maggie to an unexpected, or excuse me, to unexpected reunions with those they thought lost long ago. Inspired by true events, the girl who came home poignantly blends fact and fiction to explore the Titanic tragedy's impact and its lasting repercussions on survivors and their descendants. And I, I started reading that book probably about a couple weeks ago. I'm not very far into it just because I can been reading a lot of different other books and everything. So, But they're both really good books. I highly recommend them. If you guys read them, and you want to talk about them, you can email me at punkypowerpbpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear your thoughts. You know, and that's just it. When I'm reading books, I'll let you guys know about them. If you want to read them, go for it, and, and we can talk about it. I love talking about books as much as I love talking about Punky Brewster. But as far as that, for me, that's pretty much it. Um, I've just been watching Catfish on Hulu a lot, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Jeremy's feeling so much better from that 24-hour flu bug. And I head back to work tomorrow. So without further ado, let's jump right into this episode, huh? So the episode opens up on a shot of the school. And it looks like um, Punky is now in fifth grade. She's 11 years old. She's got a new teacher. Mike is not there anymore. And actually, a little bit of trivia about this episode. We find out the name of the school that Punky attends. 
The episode reveals that Punky attends Westview Elementary School. And the way they run this school, you'd think these kids were in junior high, the way they dress, the way they act. And um, the teacher actually is really, the woman who plays Punky's teacher is really familiar. Uh, Her name is Alice Ghostly. She passed away in 2007, so R.I.P., she was in Designing Women. Now that I think about it, I do remember watching a little bit of Designing Women, so she is familiar from that. But I also remember her as Mrs. Murdoch from the movie Grease. She was the mechanic when those guys were all singing, you know, John Travolta and them were all singing, like, Grease Lightning and stuff like that, and they are fixing up the car. She was a school... I don't know whether she was a school mechanic or something like that, but she was also in The Graduate. She played Mrs. Singleman. Now, I've not watched that movie. Um, as far as that, she was also in Bewitched. Oh, she was in an episode... Oh, she played uh, on the Golden Girls in an episode. She was Dorothy's ex-husband Stan's mother, Mrs. Zbornak. But here she plays Punky's teacher, Mrs. Winston. Yes, Mrs. Winston who is going to talk to the class about current events in the newspaper. And she's really surprised that, you know, kids, like, you don't read the newspaper and stuff like that because she's kind of going on about what's going on in the world and everything. And it's like, when I was in fourth and fifth grade, they made us once a I think it was at least once a week where we would have to clip something out of the newspaper. It was called Current Events. We'd have to clip something newsworthy out of the newspaper and bring it in to share with the class. I remember when um, Clinton was being elected for president and everything. That was, like, the big thing in the newspaper. So, of course, at least me and, like, three or four, uh, just about every single person brought that in to share. So, yeah, basically she turns to the class after wiping off the blackboard and she's like, the big story in the newspaper today was what? And she says, Spud. And Spud, of course, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest here, guys. I am not liking Spud. I don't like his character. I think he's a replacement for Alan. He's only in three episodes for this season, so it's not like a big character arc or anything like that, but maybe he just didn't work out. But he said something about the laundromat shrunk Gladys's blanket or something, so he's making a, a what the hell, Jefferson's reference, I think, as the class all laughs. So I kind of want to play this scene as she's the teacher's got a way of saying the like she says the big story in the newspaper was what it's like tell me what the answer is it's like she says that a lot like what like getting the kids to try to give the answer to whatever the what she's referring to we got a different cast of kids in this class too um there's a red-headed ginger kid. Like, that kid has got flaming red hair. And then there's also a girl here, a student, a classmate, a punky. She doesn't say anything, but she's in a wheelchair. And I think that would have been, that girl in the wheelchair would have been a great teachable moment for punky. You know, 
I mean, we've dealt in season two with a grown adult with a mental handicap. Why couldn't we deal with somebody who has a physical handicap? I mean, whether she's in that wheelchair for her whole life or whether it's temporary, but I, I kind of wanted to learn that girl's story. So I'm going to play this clip of uh, the teacher assigning the kids um, newspaper columns to focus on, and I'll be right back. All right. The big story in the newspaper this morning was what? Spud. Uh, the laundry shrunk Linus's blanket? <laughs> no, it was about the president. He did what? She always talks in questions. I'm not a mind reader. Punky, the president did what? Uh, the president. He, uh, said they could colorize bedtime for Bonzo? <laughs> no, he held a press conference. Aren't you kids interested in what's happening in the world? I am. Oh, okay, Evo. I've got People magazine at home. Oh. The one with Mr. T on the cover. <laughs> oh. Well, I've got something to get you more interested in current events. We'll start our own what? Car? No. War? No. <laughs> Newspaper? Exactly. I got it! Yeah. We'll have our very own class newspaper. Won't that be neat? Yeah. We'll call it the fifth grade what? Hey, what a great name! Yeah. Oh, good. Now, who wants to be a reporter? Please, Mrs. Winston, pick me. Everybody says I look like Lois Lane. <laughs> Naturally, I'll handle fashion. No one knows style like moi. Okay, Margot, you do fashion. Anybody else? Yeah, moi. I'll do the restaurant reports. My grandma calls me an eating machine. <laughs> okay, Cherry, you're the galloping gourmet. Now, sports. Me, Mrs. Winston, I'm a good sport. I think sports is a good department for Spud. Yeah. He's shaped like a football. <laughs> then what am I going to do? There's nothing left. Oh, sure there he is. Uh, you're so good with people, Punky. Why don't you do a human interest column? Yeah. Ooh. Punky can't do human interest. She's subhuman. What? Why don't you make me the crime reporter? We don't need a crime reporter. We will after I get my hands on Spud. Mrs. All right, guys. I want to apologize. I screwed up. Spot, I couldn't understand what he was. I thought he said Gladys's blanket, but he said Linus's, like from the Peanuts, you know, Linus's blanket, that blue blanket he carries around all the time. He said, oh, the laundromat shrunk Linus's blanket. So I apologize. Want to get it right. See, this is why this would help to have subtitles. When I can't understand what's coming out of your mouth, subtitles help. And I'm referring to the show, not people in real life. <laughs> but sometimes, it's like, if you're, I, I can't understand you. So, um, Mrs. Winston 
turns to Punky and says, the president did what? Because whatever was in the paper had to do with Reagan at the time. I actually had asked Jeremy who the president was. President of the United States was in 87. I mean, I was five. I had no idea who the president was in 87. I probably didn't care either. But Jeremy said it was Ronald Reagan. So when the teacher points to Punky with her little um, pointing thing, stick, or whatever. She's like, the president did what? And then Punky's like, he said they could colorize bedtime for Bonzo. And I didn't know what what is Punky referring to. So I looked it up. Bedtime for Bonzo is a movie with Ronald Reagan in it. And from this little watch trailer thing that I'm looking at right now, it's black and white. So basically she's like, well, they could colorize bedtime for Bonzo. Bonzo because it's in black and white. This movie is about a college professor, Pierre Boyd, tries to salvage his professional and personal reputation by using a lab chimp to prove that environment trumps heredity and behavioral development. This movie came out in 51. And it's got a 5.3 out of 10 on IMDb and a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, cool. So she finally gives up and just tells him that the president held a press conference. And I was trying to look it up, like, what in regards? I guess in 87, something to do with having the Berlin Wall torn down? But she just looks at the class and is like, aren't you kids interested in what's going on with the president and in the world? And this kid, you know, at first I thought this kid was a girl just because maybe the voice or something or kind of the hairdo but later on it's like oh that's actually a boy and she the teacher calls on the kid when he raises his hand and she says calls them evil is that his name so i looked at the imdb it says ewo i-w-o is this person's name and I'm not going to try to pronounce the person, the actor's name, but the character's name is Ewo, according to this teacher here. So the kid says he's got People magazine at home, and the, Mrs. Winston is like, oh, you, like, yeah, really? Okay, he's into, you know, this stuff. And then he's like, yeah, it's the one with Mr. T on the cover. And she's like, oh, okay, yeah, you're not any help to this. You were just fooling me. So she turns to the class and says, we'll start our own what? And Margo's like, car? And she's like, no. And <laughs> Punky's like, wait, did she say it or did somebody else? Hold on. Cherry says war or asks war. And she's like, no. And then Punky's like, hey, I got it. We'll start our own newspaper, right? And Mrs. Winston is like, yes. And the kids are all cheering for Punky because, like, yes, yay! They're all congratulating her because she got whatever the teacher was trying to get them to say. So it's like everything she asks ends with what. So it's like, I'm giving you this. You give me the answer to what I'm asking you. Oh, my gosh. I could not stand for a teacher who would do that. That would drive me so nuts. So, the class has its own newspaper. Well, what about the other kids in the school? 
So they don't get to participate in anything like this either. That's not really, well, especially because it's all about the school. So the other kids have zero input as into what to go, what goes into the paper. Uh, I don't know. I think if you're going to do something like that, make that where it can be involved, the other kids can be involved. Because that seems kind of selfish. So she tries to come up with a title. She's like, we'll call it the fifth grade. What? And that's when Margo's like, hey, that sounds like an awesome name. And all the kids are like, yeah, that sounds great. So, of course, Mrs. Winston's like, yeah, that, mm, whatever. That'll be fine. So it seems like she asks who wants to be a reporter. Of course, all the kids raise their hands. And it's like they start making up their own segments of the newspaper. Like, Margo's like, I'll do fashion. Cherry's like, well, I'll do the, I'll be the gourmet, the, the food critic. Because her grandma says she eats all the time, which this has carried on since season one. Mar or, um, that's the thing about Cherry. Cherry loves... Just to just snack on stuff to eat. So definitely, if you want to know where the best place is in town to get pizza or or some other type of food, Cherry's your girl to go see because she's got, she's got, she knows the best places. So Mrs. Winston goes on to basically, okay, now we're on to sports. Who's going to be sports? There are three other boys that I can see with their hands up. And she goes with Spud. He's on the football team. So isn't that going to be a conflict of interest or something like that? Or, um, excuse me, I thought there was another word for it. Maybe not conflict of interest, but because he's on the dang team. So he could just be kind of making himself look good in everything. I think it would be better for someone who maybe wasn't on the team but was interested in sports. I mean, of course, to remind everybody, especially to the young people out there, this was before the Internet. So, of course, all their research is going to be done mainly through books, newspaper articles, magazine articles, and just them. I mean, if they're going based on just that school football team alone or whatever other sports... It's going to be, they're going to be going to games. They're going to be watching the players. They're going to be watching the scoreboard and all that stuff. So, but she goes with Spud. And Punky's like, wait, wait a minute. I'm a good sport. Pick me. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason a girl couldn't do it. But she just, she's blatantly not picking Punky at all. It's like. Mike probably would have picked Punky first because, you know, she was his favorite student. And um, she's like, and then Punky complains, well, there's nothing more for me to do. Like, Punky, you don't know that. They're not just going to have, like, three columns in a newspaper, right? There's going to be other things. I mean, you, she's if there's going to be at least a column for every single kid in that class. You don't just pick five kids. Okay, you're going to do this, 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 and this. And then the rest of the class just does what? Nothing? It's a, a newspaper. There are plenty of jobs for everyone to have some form of something to do. So she's like, well, Punky, you're good with people. How about we uh, pop you on the human interest column? And Spot, of course, makes a joke about how Punky isn't human. She's subhuman. Like, Shut up, Spud. No one likes you. Okay, you're annoying. 
and you're no Alan. I love how Punky comes up with, oh, I can be like a the crime watch person, you know, that do that crime catcher person, do that column. And she's like, well, we don't have a column like that. And, she, and Punky's like, oh, we will after I kill Spud. As she uh, gets up and chases him out of the room, and then the Mrs. Winston just goes to the door, like, okay, and that that's done there as I shut and lock the door, so you're both locked out. I'm looking right now, there's at least four boys in that. One, two, three, wait, that might be another boy. So there are f five boys in that class, and what are the other boys? Wait, no, there's that other one, the Ewu person. Um, you know, six. So what are they going to do? That's not really fair. I honestly think she should take their names, put it into a hat, pull out a name, and be selective that way. Don't just like, well, I think you. Okay, you can do it. Because you play football, so you have an ear for sports or an eye for sports since you play a sport. What about a film critic? That would have been kind of cool. Maybe, like, someone who can go see movies and review them and stuff like that. Or, like... What's on TV with, um, I mean, there's going to be, like, someone who does, like, the, like, the news, the newspaper, what's on the news, current events like that, a section like that, so. What if there's, like, one of the kids was really good at drawing and someone could, like, be making their own funny comics, kind of like a play on, like, Garfield or Peanuts or, or, like, kids in an elementary school or something, create characters in funny situations. See, a plethora of things. I'm just thinking about what I would look at when I used to look at the paper. I always used to go for the comics as a kid and even as a teenager. Why don't you do a human interest column? Yeah. So I did, in the last episode for season three, I did tell you guys I would be kind of pointing out uh, some of Punky's fashion choices here. Now, I'm not a fashion guru. I will be the first to tell you that. I am pretty much a person who wears jeans. Well, once it gets warmer, I'll start wearing jeans. Um, <laughs> and, you know, uh, a Columbia jacket with uh, my choice of a graphic t-shirt, whether it's something to do with books or uh, right now I re I'm wearing this uh, Bob Ross, you know, uh, painting with Bob Ross. I'm wearing that shirt. I've been wearing that shirt a lot, and just, just a bunch, it's like, I like being able to wear t-shirts that show off, you know, my personality, what I'm into, whether it's books, or whether it's a t-shirt of the Golden Girls, or it's a t-shirt of, I have one that's got Mr. Rogers on it, and it just, it's cool, but anyway, we're talking about what Punky is wearing in this scene, while she's in the classroom, I'm not digging this at all, she's got like this baggy button-up light blue shirt, and it's really, like, two sizes too big on her. But then she's got this fuchsia-colored, long, like, short sleeve shirt dress thingy that's kind of cinched at the waist with a neon lime green yellow belt. And it's got, like, at the top, it's got, like, this embroidered, like, orange, um part just kind of going along rimmed around the edge there so it's just I'm not it's and it's like got like tilted so one shoulder is is showing even though she's wearing that light blue shirt I'm not digging that Ugh. I mean 
Yeah, 80s was all about the fashion. I knew. I grew up in the 80s. I had a older sister who was six years, probably about Punky's age at this time, who was wearing crazy, crazy stuff. Oh, after Punky chases Spud out of the classroom, and um, Mrs. Winston just stands there and just kind of looks at, like, I knew I should have went into my Uncle Bernie's, or my brother Bernie's locksmith business, like... Well, maybe, if you're not a fan of dealing with kids, maybe you should have. But now we jump back to the part, the apartment here. We got Henry, he's looking at his camera equipment and stuff. Like, he's kind of, like, he's cleaning it for the pictures he's going to be taking. And Brandon's just kind of sitting on the floor by the coffee table. And he keeps playing with Henry's, like, flash on the camera there. He's got, like, the top part, it's like, taken apart so he can clean it. So he's just got the flash there, and it's like, Brandon keeps hitting it with his paw, and it just keeps emitting this flash, and it goes right in Henry's face, and Henry's like, Brandon, please stop that. Please, Brandon, no, don't, don't hit that. Stop, Brandon. So I want to play this. I like that I love the banter between Henry and Brandon. It's just really funny. Actually, no, now that I look at Henry here from the side profile, I think he got a little bit of a haircut. The back is kind of, uh, it's more clean. His hair is kind of more cleaned up, a little bit cut, you know, a nice trim to it and everything like that. So I'm going to play the clip of him and Brandon, and it's it's funny. I'll be right back. Brandon, don't do that. Brandon, have you ever heard of Man Bites Dog? So Punky walks through the door and Henry asks, you know, how was your day at school? And Punky's like, yeah, it was terrible. It was not good. But I like it. Now we get a full shot of Punky's entire outfit. Now, like I said, remember how I said underneath she's wearing the collared light blue shirt and it looks like like I said the shirt itself looks like it's, it's at least like a large or an XL and she's got like the cuffs the sleeves rolled way way up so you can see it's very big on her um she's got this fuchsia shirt that kind of goes layers over it cinched with a lime green belt and along the collar of this fuchsia shirt that sleeve uh short sleeve shirt she's got this rim of orange that lines the collar and then underneath i'm not sure i don't think that's connected to the fuchsia shirt she's wearing but it's like a green skirt and then i mean i gotta give her props to the fact that she's wearing fuchsia colored tights so they do match and she's got you know her purple uh book bag um She's also, we now we know that she does not use, have the pigtails anymore. She's outgrown that. She's 11 now. But, her and her hair's long. You know, she just kind of lets it flow. Sometimes she does things with it. You know, whether she perms it or has it lay down or whatever. But she's wearing a lot. She's going to be wearing a lot of, like, headbands with, like, um, little swirly things and stuff like that. It's really, it's. It's funky and it's it's punky it's funky punky basically some of what she wears 
So he asks her what's wrong, and she's like, well, we're starting a newspaper at school, and everyone gets this really cool column, but I get stuck with human interest. And the way she scrunches up her face, you'd think she had a column on human anatomy. It's like, uh, she does, I don't think she gets the gist of what human interest actually is. And Henry does explain to her that you can actually do quite a bit with human interests and stuff like that. I think he even suggests her doing a um, segment on him, which, no offense, Henry, you're an awesome dude, you love photography, that's great and everything, but 11-year-olds are not going to have anything in common with a 65-year-old man. So, um, let's play this clip of Henry and his conversation with Punky and everything. And I'll be right back. <laughs> school today. Terrible. Why? What's the matter? Well, we're starting a newspaper, and everybody gets to write about something good except for me. I have to write about human interest. Why, that's wonderful. Writing about people is the most interesting reporting of all. Come in, Betty. Hi, Henry. Hi, Plunky. Hi, Mrs. Johnson. Here, Henry. A jar of bottles. Paul Newman salad dressing. Where's the label? I peeled it off. I love those baby blue eyes. <laughs> Don't tell me you bought one of these trashy papers. Mm. The Inquisitor is not a trashy paper. Yeah. How come it's pink? It's blushing from what's inside. <laughs> All the news that's fit to wrap garbage in. Not true. Everything they print is based on hard facts. Oh, really? Like this story? 105-year-old man just had a baby? Yeah, and the amazing thing is he didn't even know he was pregnant. Well, okay. Maybe that story is an exaggeration. Now, here's something I didn't know. What? Doctor's examination confirms the truth. Diana Ross and Michael Jackson are actually the same person? You see, Betty? You see how low this rag will stoop? Please remove it from my house at once. Okay, Henry. But think about it. About what? Have you ever seen Diana and Michael together? Yes, I have. It's done with mirrors. Some people will believe anything. Henry, the stuff in the Inquisitor is about people. Maybe I'll do that kind of human interest. Please don't. Real human interest gives us a better understanding of our fellow man. But I don't know any interesting fellow man. Sure you do. If you concentrate real hard, I bet you can think of a fascinating person who's very close to you. Nope. Well, how about someone at school? The janitor, the crossing guard, the playground supervisor. They're all the same guy, Mr. Weaver. Then write about Mr. Weaver, Renaissance janitor. It's a great story. It'll write itself. 
Good. And you won't need me. Brandon, don't you even think of touching that flash. just basically play through the whole saying scene because there's just Henry and Betty's banter together and everything really enjoy that and Punky gets her idea for the human interest column through that rag mag National Inquisitor which is a play on National Inquirer mags that Betty brings into the house and I just think it's kind of funny that mm, excuse me I was watching this episode last week, just kind of going over it, and Betty hands him the, uh, well, she basically got his groceries for him so he didn't have to go. She's kind of like a version of that shift app, right, where um, you pay someone to get your groceries. I doubt he gave her any, unless what he, he gave her what was the amount for the groceries, or he gives her a check or what, but anyway... She hands him Paul Newman's salad dressing. Of course, there's no label on it. And he's like, well, where is the label? And she's like, well, I tore it off. I just, I, I love Paul Newman's blue eyes. And the thing that kind of confused me, I had no idea that Paul Newman was making salad dressing in 87. I was, I thought that was something that, like, came up maybe 10, 15 years ago. So I probably only noticed it when I actually started using it when I was doing those salads and stuff like that. But then also she's got a jar of olives, which Punky takes from her, opens, and then she sticks the olives on her fingers and she eats them one by one. I'm like, what kid likes olives? Ugh. I remember um, my cousin Hunter when he was like maybe two at Christmas time one year. This is like quite a long while ago, probably at least 15 years ago or more. And <laughs> he was just plucking these um, olives off a, I think they're black olives now that I think about it. He was plucking them off a uh, party tray and just shoving them in his mouth. And my cousin, um, Jessica was just looking at the at two-year-old Hunter just eating these olives, and she's like, ah, "Yeah, kid, you're you're making me sick." Just looking at you. <laughs> I just I just remembered that and just laughing my butt off because it was just so funny the way that she delivered that when she looked at him. <laughs> you're making me sick. But yeah, I'm like, "Ah, eh, Punky, you're eating olives." Ooh, I mean. If you love olives, that's awesome, right? That's that's what you like to eat. I just, I'm not big on vegetables. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like carrots, you know, as long as they're not soft, can't stand that. I like corn, corn on the cob. I like green beans. Um, that's pretty. Cauliflower, I like cauliflower, cauliflower casserole. Uh, my dad used to make cauliflower with melted Belveeta cheese on top. It was really good. So Henry pulls the magazine out from under Betty's arm. It's like, I can't believe you bought one of those trashy papers. And Punky's like, why is it pink? And he's like, it's because it's blushing from what's inside. And what does she mean pink exactly? Like, the font is pink? Because the magazine doesn't look pink to me. And then he says something about, oh, there's a, a story in there about a 105-year-old man who gives birth. 
And Betty's like, yeah, and you know the funny thing is he didn't even know he was pregnant. You know what that makes me think of? That reality show on, what, TLC or Discovery Channel that's like, I didn't even know I was pregnant. Well, that that story, the thing about the 105-year-old man that just had a baby, Henry brings that up after Betty says that the all the stories in there and everything they put in there is based on hard facts. No, it's not. Okay? And that story that Henry's kind of talking about, the 105-year-old man that just gave birth to a baby, that reminds me of, what, was it back in 2008 or 2009 how that um woman who had become a man but still kept the ovaries or something and was able to get pregnant? And then there's a story about it on, um, like, People and National Enquirer. Well, no, I think it was, like, People Weekly. But that's what that made me think of. It's like, wow, that's just, uh, wow. (laughs) But if you think about it, those type of magazines are so desperate, they'll make up any news. How many times has it said that Princess Kate has been pregnant now, like, Aside from the other, I mean, she's currently pregnant right now. She's almost ready to give birth to baby baby number three. So, uh, Prince George and Princess Charlotte are going to have a sibling. I think the baby's due in April. I'm excited. I'm excited. Also, in May, Prince Harry's getting married. Guys, I'm sure you don't really care about the royal family. But if you do, that's cool. If you don't, that's cool, too. But, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited. But how many times in between those pregnancies have they said that Princess, or that, um, Kate is having twins? She's having triplets. Um, she's, um, just, just crazy, crazy theories. I'm surprised there hasn't been one where they're separate, Will and Kate are separated, but... They just come up with, like, oh, here are the stars without makeup and stuff. It's like, stop. Oh, my gosh. Or they'll show, like, people that are, like, way, way out of, like, these pictures they'll show of stars that are, like, really, really heavy or just stuff. They'll embellish. They embellish stuff just to get people to buy the magazine. Like, that's nuts. I don't know who that is on the cover that Henry... It says, it looks like something like baby something. I don't know. So, Punky takes the magazine from Henry, sits on the couch, and she's like, oh, here's something I didn't know. And Henry's like, what? And she reads that doctors confirmed that Michael Jackson and Diana Ross are actually the same person. No, they're not. All right, I've seen the movie Jackson's An American Dream, okay? I've seen it. He was a lot younger than her and everything like that. And sadly, Michael Jackson passed away. Gosh, it's going to be 10 years next June that he passed. Same with Farrah Fawcett also. But Diana Ross, according to IMDb, is still very much alive. So that disproves that theory, punky. Henry gives her the magazine, like, please take this out of my house. And Betty's like, okay. But if you think about it, have you ever seen Michael Jackson and Diana Ross together? No. Like, I'm sure you have. Seriously. Uh, I also want to comment on Punky's boots, shoes. They're different colors. So she's keeping up with that trend. That I like that they're still keeping that from season one. 
And Punky's like, hey, maybe that's given me an idea that I could kind of draw stories kind of similar to these for my human interest column. And Henry's like, please, please, please don't. Just don't. You know, fine. And he even kind of, it's almost like he's praising, like, himself, like, you know, you could do a human interest story on a man that you admire and respect and whatnot. And she's like, oh, really? Who? And then he brings up, well, you could do it on the crossing guard, the lunch monitor, the playground monitor. And Punky's like, well, that's actually just one person doing all three of those jobs. And... He's like, well, right, well, then go interview that person. And I agree with Punky. Kids aren't going to care about the janitor, the, the the guy who does the janitor work, the playground, the crossing guard. All. Jeremy actually, I think, was a crossing guard when he was, like, Punky, say, like, 11 or 12 or whatever. I never got to be one. I... I think I wanted to, but of course, no, I didn't. I never got picked. They never picked me. So Punky goes off to her room to kind of start writing, jotting down ideas and everything, and Brandon's back at the coffee table. Henry looks at him dead in the eyes and says, Brandon, don't you dare think of hitting that flash. And of course, Brandon does. Flashes right in Henry's face. It's like, ugh, dog, I've had enough of you today. But now we move on back to the school. So the kids are, Punky and Margot and Spud are all hanging out by the lockers, and they're talking about their columns. Margot's like, I've called, decided to name my column Margot a la mode. A la mode? That's ice cream. You're not running the food column. That's what Cherry's doing. Why don't you do, like, Margot's, um, um... Fashion tips. Well, that's too generic, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. Margot Fashionistas. There you go. Boom. I I got it. There you go, Margot. See? Took me a few seconds, but I thought of it. There. That's, that's your hook right there. So Punky's wearing another outfit. This time she's got a red and what looks like uh, yellow dots on her. It's a long sleeve shirt again. She's got a bluish green top over over the top of that with the yellow buttons. She got cinching the waist with a belt, a red belt, so it goes with her top underneath. I don't know the tops of the tops underneath of it. The the red shirt with the what uh, yellow dots. I'm not. The top on top of that just looks really generic-ish. I mean, maybe if you, like, had, like, a plain tee underneath and then you did the jazzy stuff on the outer top. So, you're, you know, that's what you're showing off. People aren't going to see the top underneath. But I want to say I love... The ribbon that she, the yellow ribbon that she's got coming down. She's got her hair. I don't like what she did to her hair here at all. It's really, like, she grabbed a fistful of hair, wound it up with that yellow ribbon, so it's sticking up pebbles from Flintstones, pebbles Flintstone style. It's just really, 
I don't like it. It's kind of, I don't want to say ratty because it's not, but it's just like you really didn't know what to do with your hair in the morning, so you just kind of tie it off at the top, pebble style, and didn't just let it hang down. So even Punky is like, well, what, are you going to have ice cream on your head? I thought Margo was running the food column. And Margo's like, no, it means Margo on fashion. Really? I'm going to find that out. I'm going to look up what a la mode means. And I'm pretty sure she's going to be wrong. So let's look up a la mode. A-L-A-M-O-D-E. Wait, hold on. A la mode. In fashion up to date. Well, you know what? You proved me wrong, Margo. Whoopsie. Oh, it also says, but that's adverb for number one in fashion up to date. Two is served with ice cream and three of beef braised in wine, typically with vegetables. Okay, so stand corrected. Thank you, Margo. I was wrong. I fully admit it. So Margo kind of talks up about how um, the trends from something in Paris to Velcro and Miami and stuff like that. And then Punky kind of adds in how she's doing an interview on Mr. Weaver, the janitor, and Spud and Punk, uh, Spud and Margo are like, yeah, that sounds like Snorseville to me. Uh, no one's going to read that. No one cares about the janitor or that he cleaned up vomit in the boys' bathroom or pee on the floor or whatever. So Punky brings up an interesting topic, how the dust mops come from Warsaw, Poland. Which, have you guys seen The Zookeeper's Wife? Because that movie is set in Warsaw, Poland. It's a good movie. I have it on Blu-ray. I saw it in the theater. Um, it's a hard, emotionally hard movie to kind of get through. It's it's a good movie. I I love it. I love. I think it's by Focus Features and the cinematography. Just everything. The picture quality. Everything is really beautiful. But you know her comment about that. These kids do not give a crap about Mr. Weaver and the dust mops and whatnot. And then we see Cherry coming through with she is chomping down some awesome pizza that she got from someplace what we're going to learn. So is this before school? Is this after lunch? Where Cherry comes in, I gotta say, her outfit is on point. Maybe because I'm biased because she's wearing the color red. And as you know, I love the color red. My portable DVD cover is red. My phone case is red. My iPod case is red. My microphone um, little do-rag thing, I guess, if you want to call it that. Little squishy thing on the microphone is red. It's beautiful. And she's even got, she keeps up with the um, the belt things that she's got, forehead belt thing that Cherry always wears. That's red too. See, her outfit is on par. And she's got black shoes to match the belt, the black belt. But she's chomping on a pizza. So I'm going to play the clip real quick with Punky and Spud, Margo, and Cherry. And I'll be right back. <laughs> Column. It's so clever. Margo a la mode. <laughs> you mean you're gonna have ice cream on your head? 
Cherry was doing the food column. It means Margot on fashion. Listen and learn. Today's modern woman is switching from Yves Saint Laurent of Paris to Jimmy Z of Malibu, where Velcro is king. Fascinating, Margot. I'm writing a human interest column about Mr. Weaver. The janitor? Yeah! Did you know that his desk mops come from Warsaw, Poland? <laughs> Who cares? Hi, guys. I'm just finishing up some research here. <laughs> is that from Vinnie Wong's Pizza Palace? Yeah, this is the house special. Pizza with pepperoni and long time. <laughs> Did you know Mr. Weaver says that there's 3,678 square feet of hallways in this school and he uses 42 pounds of wax a year? <laughs> Snooze city, punky. I know. I could hardly stay awake to write it. Too bad I can't write about what I saw in the cafeteria this morning. What did you see? Jimmy Weeder and Carolyn Finch behind the dessert cart. Kissing! Oh! <laughs> All right! Now that's human interest. Yeah. Hey, why don't you write about it, Punky? Are you kidding? That would be a gossip column. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you? Because it would be trashy and cheap. <laughs> They are great! Yeah! So, Spud sees that pizza, and he is all over. Like, oh my gosh. Is that pizza from... He's like, is that pizza from Vinnie Wong's Pizza Palace? And Punk, uh, Cherry is like, yeah, it is delicious. Pepperoni and... What else did she say? She says it's a house special with pepperoni and wonton. Oh my gosh, I want that pizza so bad. Now, is she... What kind of plate is she? That's not a paper plate. That looks like a plate that if she went to the restaurant, she took the plate with her and came to school. Or maybe she brought it home and, like, reheated... Whoa. I don't think they'd have a microwave to do, like, you can't just reheat stuff when you come to school. I mean, what school's going to just have a microwave in the, in the cafeteria for kids, like, heating their food up or something? But, oh, it looks so good. Of course, then Punky's got to go into talking about Mr. Weaver and how much floor space there is in the hallway, how many tiles... 42 pounds a year of wax he uses to make those halls sparkle like gemstones. And Spud's like, yeah, sounds like Snooze City to me, girl. And Punky's like, yeah, I uh, can barely stay awake long enough to write it. Then she adds how a guy and a girl, she caught making out behind the lunch cart. And... Cherry, Margo, and Spud are like, oh, really? Tell us more. You should so write about that. And she's like, no, it would be trashy and cheap. And plus it's gossip. It's like, yeah, just turn your human interest into a gossip column. Because 
You're talking about people, right? People are humans. Okay, guys, I'm sorry. I'm not going to validate what Punky's going to do because it's very wrong. You're spreading, you're just, like, scoping out people, seeing what they're doing. If they're doing wrong, then you're going to report on it. It's like, well, what, her, honestly, her, the, Mrs., um, what the frick, Winston should have been like Punky. He, she should have given her a little more direction. Just say human interests. Does she know what that means? Like, I don't so much about what's going on in the school, but maybe what's also going on in the world right now. But kids don't care about current events, or at least these kids in 87 did not care. They didn't even care about Mr. Weaver and what he does for his job. I mean, they're not going to care about what's going on in the world unless it directly affects them. I gotta say, Margot's outfit in that scene, she's got like a little, uh, necklace of pearls. She, she's really dressed really pretty. I, li- I like her outfit. Um, Punky in the next scene, her outfit is, oh, I love this look. This is, she has got the reporter look down. She's actually wearing, <laughs> she's actually wearing the same color shoes for once. Probably the first time in this show's history. And she's still got the bandana thing going on, too. Yeah, she's got this blue bandana. It's, like, actually going across the uh, heel part of her shoe and kind of wrapping around there. I hope that doesn't cause her to trip. So Punky's coming down the hall as she passes the stairwell. We got Spud zipping down the stairs to get Punky's attention. He's like, your column is so hot. It's so amazing. Punky's grapevine, literally everybody wants to get more of it because it is just that good. Punky, what are you putting in that paper that people want to read so bad? So... The, I like her her outfit this time really compliments her. Like I said, she got black boots with the bandana going around one of them. She's got this, like, black vest that goes over her one long sleeve button-up shirt that's white with black squiggles and red, like, triangles. And then she's got, like, maybe a hot pink fuchsia shirt just underneath that. And then she's got this, like reporter black like fedora hat and then with a a rim of a, a ribbon of blue around it and then she's got the multicolored letters on paper that reads press and she's got it kind of stuck to the top is this honestly of all the um outfits in this season this episode alone even is this one right now even though this is only the second episode this is my favorite outfit i really really like it um, on Spud, I love the plaid with the violet, red, and black checkered, um, newsboy cap he's wearing. It's really cool. Sp- so Spud gives her a little tip, like, um, you know, sometimes I'm in the boys' bathroom or the boys' locker room, and I hear a little gossip in there. I think, uh, it's pretty interesting. You might want to do a feature on it. You might want to do a story on it. And Punky just smiles at him, and they slap five. It's just, good idea. You know, I have had some trouble getting in there. Like, yeah, it's a boys' locker room. You're not getting in there. Oh, no, they don't slap five. They give each other the okay. 
and the pointing gun as, he, as Spud walks away. And that's when Mrs. Winston tells Punky, you have to check your what? And Punky says, uh, spelling. And Mrs. Winston is like, no, your facts. So Cherry and Margo rush up to Punky like, oh, Punky, your column is so great. And Cherry's like, hey, do you think you can put me in your column? And Punky's like, I don't, Cherry, I don't. All you do is eat. It's like, you have a column. That's your food column. What is she going to write about, Terry? Are you doing something that the kids will find interesting? Otherwise, it's like, that is kind of favoritism. Like, oh, she's my best friend. I'm going to put her in the, in the column, but she's not doing anything that anyone's going to find interesting. So Io, I think that's his name, he comes out, and this is where I realized, like, oh, he's a boy. Because before, when he was sitting at the... The desk in class, I thought, oh, it's a girl. But no, it's like, no, it's a boy. But he's the head... <clears throat> Sorry. He's the head of the the newspaper column. Because he comes up to Punky like, hey, there's my star reporter. It's like, okay, so he's basically running the whole paper. And... That's when he breaks the news to Margo, like, oh, um, because Punky's column is so awesome and so hot right now, you're getting, like, an inch of space to talk about your fashion. So Margo complains, what can I write about in one inch? And Ewo's, like, mini skirts? Yeah, it's like, basically, you'll just get one point of fashion to talk about, and you better keep it to, like, three sentences tops. But now we get little Miss Peggy from sixth grade who has some nice things to say, say about Punky's column. And she says, hey, since you're uh, the Gossip columnist or Punky's grapevine, why don't you include that I'm having a party and you're invited. So I'm going to play this clip because it's really interesting. Because we get to see Margo actually sucking up to another person. It's like, from first, or not first, <laughs> from fourth grade, third and fourth grade, or whatever. Basically from season one up until just before now, Margo has pretty much seen herself as like the queen bee, the queen of the classroom, in Mrs. Morton's class, in Mike's class. I mean, the kids just boo her anyway, so she's not, they don't think she's that great. But this time around, Margo has to kind of feel like she's got a schmooze to be seen by the sixth grader girl. So I'm going to play this clip and I will be right back. Hey, look! There's Peggy! What would a sixth grader be doing on the fifth grade side of the hall? Peggy and I are dear friends. We've shared lip gloss. <laughs> Hello, Peggy. Hello, Martha. Uh, that's Margo. That's what I said. Could you please autograph my copy of Punky's Grapevine? Autograph? I'm her best friend. Peggy, care for some gloss? No, thank you, Marla. That's Martha. Uh, Margo. <laughs> a huge favor. Sure, Peggy, anything. Well, would you mention in your column that I'm having a party this Saturday night? Only the most popular sixth graders will be there. You got it. By the way, you're invited. I am. <laughs> Please don't gush. Sorry, I'll be happy to come. 
Good. Oh, and one more thing. Come alone. So the girls see Peggy, who's a sixth grader, and they wonder, well, what the heck? What is she doing over here with the fifth graders, right? So that's when Peggy comes over, like, hey, I love your column, Punky's Grapevine. Can you autograph it for me? And Margo, before Peggy had come over, had mentioned how, oh, we're great friends. We share lip gloss. And the girl's like, oh, hi, Martha. And Cherry's like, oh, or Punky's like, well, her name is Margo. <laughs> and Peggy's like, yeah, right, yeah, whatever. And, and then, of course, she gets... Margo's name wrong again and calls her Marla and then Margo's like no it's Martha I mean Margo it's like Margo she doesn't care okay she basically you don't exist to her she's a sixth grader who tells Punky like hey I'm having a big party Saturday all the sixth graders anyone who's anyone is gonna be there you can come yourself since you're like the hot gossip columnist and then the girls all squeal, like, ah, yay! And then Peggy's like, please don't gush. And one more thing, please come alone. Like, don't bring the your friends with you. It's just you. So now we're back at home, and Punky's so proud of her column, she's having Henry read it. And let me just say, Henry is not impressed. It's basically just a rag article about who's kissing who behind the dessert tray and she's giving the initials and stuff of who these people are so it's like wouldn't take too long to guess if you're just going about the fifth grade kids and everything like oh punky 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 so i'm gonna play this clip where henry does his best to kind of set her straight like this is dribble i don't want to see it you are so much better than this writing this garbage okay so I'm going to play the clip, and I'll be right back. Reliable rumor department. What boy, whose initials are J.W., was seen kissing what girl whose initials are C.F. behind the dessert cart in the cafeteria? Isn't this a bit gossipy? Yeah, the kids loved it. What happened to that fascinating interview with Mr. Weaver? The kids hated it. Oh. This is what kids want to read. Boy meets girl. Boy kisses girl. Boy gets fat lip. This is nothing to be proud of. Not only is gossip empty and meaningless, but it can be damaging. It can hurt people. I'm not hurting anyone. I'm just giving people what the people want. But, Punky, I don't approve of this. I think the standards should be a little higher in the fifth grade. What's the name of this paper? That's right. <laughs> The point is, a good journalist should concern herself with more important subject matter. You want important? Listen to tomorrow's column. What boy whose name rhymes with mud ran 99 yards in the wrong direction, scoring a winning touchdown for the other team? <laughs> Peggy Miss Popularity Peterson is in a pickle. She's having a big party this Saturday night. The question is, which one of her two boyfriends will be there? Oh. Finally, the best practical joke of the year award goes to Mrs. Winston's geography class. Those crazy kids hit a live frog in her briefcase. What will they think of next? 
I realize I should let you express yourself, Punky, but this is blatant sensationalism. Thanks, Henry. I thought it was pretty good myself. <laughs> so as Henry's reading the article, he's like, this is just gossip, and Punky's like, yeah, the kids love it. And he's like, well, what about that article about Mr. Weaver, the janitor? And she basically tells him, well, yeah, the kids all hated that crap, so sorry. Gotta go with what sells. Or what people want to read. But I think I found a new like for Punky's wardrobe for this episode. Because now she's wearing... She's got basically the same outfit on. She only changed the shirt. Which is this really awesome... It's hard to just... Like, blue... Like, with shapes and color. Like, it's mainly blue, like, light blue with, like, dark blue on it. And it really, it fits with the fact that she's got that blue, like, ribbon around the fedora hat that she's wearing with the press sign on it. It's really, really cool. I love it. I, I love the color blue. That's, like, my second favorite color. You know, and I really understand. I like that Henry is kind of laying down the law for Punky. It's like, this... It's just gossip. And not only that, you could be hurting people by what you're writing. And she's like, oh, no, it's okay. The kids, you know, enjoy reading this stuff. And he, he flat out says, it's like, but I expect more from you than this. You are so much better than this punky. She's basically taking, I know she's only 11 in fifth grade, but she's basically taking an opportunity that was given to her and making it something that... It's just going to turn around and make her look bad in the end. Because, spoiler alert, coming up, the stuff that she writes that she's reading to him before the scene cuts out, it's all crap that's going to get her into some deep, hot, bubbling water with her classmates, with her teacher. It's basically, uh, she's making fun of Spud for going the wrong way on the football field. She's saying the best prank is awarded to... Mrs. Winston's um, geography class, which is a class that she is in. So she pretty much outed her whole class. It's like, Punky, what are you doing? Oh. oh, yeah, and that Peggy girl who invited her to her party this Saturday, well, she pretty much screwed herself over with that one because she's like, oh, Peggy's got two boyfriends. Which one's going to be at her party? Oh, yeah. Oh, that is not going to go down well. But we'll get there. We'll get there. So Mud, or as she in code puts, or Spud, but she puts in code Mud, ran 99 yards in the other direction scoring a winning touchdown for the op the um, opposing team. Seriously, is this the first football game he's ever played in his life? I mean, they're 11. I'm sure he must have played Pee Wee. Why would that? What was was he his helmet obstructing his view? What happened there? And I know that he's going to get angry for that being in the paper, but young man, look at your own actions. She pretty much just voiced that for everyone who didn't see that football game or who knew about it. She pretty much told them. So that's kind of on him. I mean, Punky pretty much, you know, I'm not 
condoning what Punky did, okay? I am, or I'm not praising what she did. I really don't like the fact that she's, you know, this is not the Punky from season one and two. That Punky is kind of gone. We haven't seen, in these two episodes, we haven't seen that girl. What we're seeing here is a preteen girl who is taking advantage of opportunities and really wasting them. With the whole not wanting to read a book, finding it boring in the last episode. In this episode, she's taking pure gossip and turning it into trash because she's giving basically the public what they want to hear, not what she should be writing. And if I were Mrs. Winston, I would have said, you know what? You know that column you're writing? You're not. You're done. Okay? I'm pulling you off of it. Unless you give me something that isn't pure gossip. So now we're in school the next day, and Punky is getting the heat from a backlash of what she wrote in that column. And Mud is... <laughs> Thank you, Punky, for putting that into my vocab now. I'm just going to refer to him as Mud. Not Camp Nowhere Mud. This is Spud Mud. He is Wrong Way Mud Spud. <laughs> anyway, everyone's calling him Wrong Way Spud. It's like, buddy, yeah, but you kind of did that on your own. Like I said, I'm not, I'm, I'm not praising Punky for what she did. He is responsible, however, for his own actions. She just vocalized it. So she's just like, hey, everyone saw the game, right? Everyone knows, so why are you throwing this all onto me? He actually threatens her and says, get out of town while you still have kneecaps. So does he have a relative in the mafia who can take out her knees? So now she's going to get some uh, backlash from Peggy, who is not too happy about her talking about her two boyfriends who don't know they're both dating her, and now they're not dating her. So I'm going to play this clip with Mud, with Spud, <laughs> and, and Peggy. And Punky finds herself uninvited to her party, which is just a fault. That girl sounds like a snuck up, a stuck up snob, Margo 35.0. So I'll play that clip and I'll be right back. Oh, and also you're going to get the fun little clip of uh, Mrs. Winston outing her class on that prank, too. All right. Hi, Spud. Got any hot tips for the old punker? Yeah. Get out of town while you still have kneecaps. <laughs> what? Thanks to you, everyone is calling me Wrong Way Mud. What are you so upset about? I made you famous. Hey, Mud, the classroom that way. <laughs> I hope you're happy. Hi, Peggy. Don't hi, Peggy me. You, you... Oh, you fifth grader! Oh, nothing. You just ruined my life, that's all. But how? You asked me to mention your party in the paper. I didn't ask you to mention that I had two boyfriends. Had? <laughs> had. They both read your column and got into a big fight. Oops. I'm sure they'll make up. <laughs> oh, well, they already did, right after they dumped me. <laughs> how about if I have a little chat with them at your party? You are not coming to my party. In fact, I'm spreading the word about you. You'll never get invited to another party ever again.
Good morning, class. Good morning, Mrs. Winston. Class, before we begin our regular lesson, I'd like to discuss what? Punky's grapevine? Yes. I'm referring to the frog incident. Ordinarily, I could have seen the humor in finding a frog in my briefcase, but last night I was so startled that I tossed the briefcase and the frog right through my picture window. <laughs> my insurance policy does not have a frog clause. <laughs> At first, I suspected my biology class. Uh-huh. But now, thanks to Punky's grapevine, I know exactly where to place the blame. Therefore, for the next two weeks, this class will remain after school, studying the evolutionary development of the what? Frog? No, the prison system. <laughs> and thanks to Punky for bringing this to my attention. girl i'm happy we don't i don't think we see her again thank goodness because she is such a brat she's blaming punky because she got two boyfriends that found out to be oh, about each other by reading punky's column and they got into a big dink fight they both dumped her yet the the boys themselves became best buds they um connected over the fact that this girl was two timing them both Ugh, my god so, Punky's like, well, I'm sure I can help them get back together with you at the party. And Peggy turns back around as she was going to leave and says, you know, you're not coming to my party. In fact, I'm going to make it so you're never invited to a party as long as you live. I'm like, uh, Punky, yeah, this stuff's hitting the fan now. Uh, they are not happy with her at all. So, they're in class now. Mrs. Winston tells them that she read Punky's column. That's how she found out about the little uh, frog in the briefcase prank, which she thought it was her biology class, but thanks to Punky's column, she found out it was the geography class. Way to go, Punky. And actually what happens, Mrs. Winston was so startled finding that frog in her briefcase, she chucked the briefcase through her picture window. Okay, what else was in that briefcase that made that window break? Or either that or that picture window was not made of major, like, glass. You know, that like, tough, tough glass. The kind you see at, like, schools and, and, and other buildings. You know, stuff like that. Because she's like, well, my insurance doesn't cover, doesn't have a frog claws, which I thought that was kind of a funny joke, although I wouldn't be laughing either if I had to get my picture window uh, replaced, or a window replaced regardless, because I'm, I'm sure that is not cheap in any way. I make those kids pay for it, too. Like, uh, yeah, you're going to be paying for it. But they do pay for it, and by that, I mean they have to stay after school for like a week and research the prison system. Yeah, um, she thinks Punky and all the kids, when they find out their punishment, they all, like, shove their desks away from Punky. So, Punky is the odd person out. She's the odd girl out. No one's happy with her. Oh, she says two weeks. Holy crap, that's excessive. I'd say one week. How long? 
She doesn't even say how long they'd be staying after school. I'd say, what, a half hour, an hour? That's going to mess up some people's schedules, especially if their parents, they have other kids that have other places to go. That's going to disrupt a lot of schedules. So now we're back to the apartment, and it's really late at night. Uh, Punky's in her PJs. She's got the typewriter on the floor. Isn't that going to hurt her shoulders, though? If she's, like, if it's on the floor and she's hunched over, wouldn't it be better to, like, maybe do that at, like, the kitchen table or even the coffee table? Well, no, because if she did it at the coffee table, she'd be sitting on the couch, but she'd still, then her spine would start to hurt, I would think, or her back, because she'd be hunched over that way. No, it'd be better to take that typewriter to, like, the kitchen table where you're on an even level with it, so you're not going to be all, like, oh, my shoulders are killing me. But she decides to try to make things right, and we see that she's had trouble because there's at least 20-some crumpled up papers on the floor. And I like how Brandon's kind of sitting there, and he just kind of pushes, like, you know on a typewriter when it, like, gets to the end, and then you gotta push it back in for the next line? He, like, pushes it in for her, and I thought that was really cute. So Henry gives her some good advice here, because he thinks that she's still working on the gossip column. And she's trying to explain that, you know, she isn't anymore. This is a new piece. But he's like, you know, I thought when you got this assignment, you take it seriously and everything. But I want to play this clip. This is really, really sweet that when he reads it, he is surprised as to what she wrote. And we'll get into that. But I want to play this clip. I love Henry's advice to her. Now that Punky's older and stuff, it's like he's more worried about her sense of self and how she's representing herself to other people. Like the kind of person that she's going to grow up to be, to be is what he's focused on here. So I'll play that clip and I'll be right back. It's awfully late. It's time for you to go to bed. I can't, Henry. I have a deadline. I admire your dedication. I wish I could say the same about your subject matter. But, Henry... Conky, I realize your column is very popular with the kids, but I would be remiss as a parent if I didn't stop you from going on writing this drivel. It's not drivel. <laughs> I had hoped that when you were given this assignment that you'd have made something worthwhile out of it. I don't even have to read this to know that it's full of empty, worthless gossip. The subject matter is beneath you. Will you at least check my spelling? Yes, I will. Now, hit the sack. <sighs> Dear readers, if you want to know who's kissing who, who's having a party, who's holding hands, you're reading the wrong column. Because this reporter has given up gossip, and I'm sorry if I've hurt anyone or caused any problems. From now on, I'm only going to write stories that give us a better understanding of our fellow men. The most interesting fellow man I know is... Henry P. Warnemont. My dad, Henry, is the greatest guy I've ever met. 
smart, kind, and very good looking. One of the things that makes him so interesting is that he remembers things that happened before most people were born. He hates it when I make mistakes, but he's careful never to tell me until he just can't stand it anymore. Sometimes I forget to tell him how much I love him, but he's so smart, I think he already knows. Funky, this is very touching. You like it? I love it. Are you printing this? Yeah, it comes out in tomorrow's newspaper. Thanks for being so patient and understanding. Well, I try. Sometimes I succeed. <laughs> Good night, Henry. Good night, sweetheart. What a wonderful moment. Oh, there's more. But the best thing about my dad, Henry, is that he's so forgiving. And I know he won't get mad when he finds out that I took his brand new camera apart to see how it works, now all he has to do is put it back together so it will work again. So Henry takes the paper from her and folds it. He's like, I don't even have to read this to know that this is full of gossipy drivel. And Punky's like, do you think you'd at least check my spelling? And he's like, yes, I, I will check your spelling, but please... Just head to bed now. Hit the hay. Hit the sack, girl. So she and Brandon head out the doorway to her room. And that's when Henry reads her paper. And it's very, very nice. So Henry's surprised when he opens it. And basically, Punky is honest. She's like, if you guys want to know who's kissing who, who's holding hands, who's got... You know, a party coming up this re weekend. You are reading the wrong paper. I am through with that gossipy stuff. And she does, you know, she apologizes, you know, if she hurt anybody and, you know, for making people look bad. She's like, from now on, I am going to only write about stories about our fellow man. So she goes on to talk about Henry and how he's one of the greatest, most smartest, most handsome looking men around. And that's when Punky kind of comes out and stands in the doorway there as he kind of reads. And Henry just takes a moment just to like, okay, this is this is really nice. And we learn Henry's middle name, well, his middle initial is P. So what would that be? Like maybe Henry Peter or Henry Paul? Oh, I love And then she also comes out to the couch as he continues reading. And he's like, she had said in the article that one of the things that's great about him is that he remembers most things that happened before people were born. Which I think she's mainly referring to herself and, you know, his knowledge of stuff like that. But I love what she's wearing here. She's got the slippers. They're, like, really fuzzy-looking slippers. One is red, one is blue, representing the colors that I love. Thank you, Punky. Oh, and a shout-out to Henry's robe. It is 
red and black checkered flannel uh, plaid. I love that. That's the color of my bed sheets. My flannel bed sheets are uh, that color. Oh, I like that. Where she says, you know, that he hates it, that she makes mistakes. But, you know, he waits until he can't stand it anymore. And then he kind of talks her through it and everything like that. Um, you know, I'm kind of noticing that this season, I mean, we're only into episode two. We got a ways to go yet. But this season, they're dressing punky in a lot of layers, like with the long sleeve shirts and then the tops underneath it. I kind of wonder if, because this season, we do get the metamorphosis episode where Punky has to go and, you know, buy a bra because she's starting to develop. And I'm wondering if maybe they did the layers to kind of hide the fact that Punky was developing. Just they didn't want to jump too into that yet until they were at a point where, okay, now we do actually have to address this because we can't ignore it any longer. Which... That's a bit, you know, that coming up, that's an important episode. I mean, every girl at some point in her life has to deal with the fact that you start to develop and you're going through changes and everything. But I'm going to save all that for when we get to that episode because that's just, it's a rite of passage into, into womanhood and becoming a woman along with, you know, getting your monthly visitor. I know guys don't want to hear about that stuff, but, you know, girls we go through changes when you know when you're not a little kid anymore at 11 you're getting older that's why they those are the preteen years before you get to 13 every age from like 10 to 12 is going to be your preteen years so she cuddles on the couch with him as he continues to read and i love this so much i love this so so much so so sweet i love their connection I love their father-daughter relationship and everything because now you know Punky is his daughter now she has been adopted so legally she is his daughter and he is her father so he finds out and she hightails it out of there when he reads about her opening you know taking apart his new camera, probably the one that he was dusting and getting all, you know, at the beginning of the episode. She took it apart to see how it works. And now he's got to put it back together again. Um, kids are curious. I myself was a curious child. I'd love to, to find out about things and how things worked and stuff like that. If she really wanted to know, she could have just said, hey, Henry, is there any way we could kind of check out the this camera and the inner workings of it and stuff or even just like a book a photography book should be able to tell you all the inner workings of a camera like that a book on photography if you really wanted to know so that's pretty much the episode i really really it wasn't my favorite, I mean, with the whole gossip column and stuff with Punky doing that. But, you know, she learned a very good lesson here. And, um, you know, she learned a lesson that you don't do that. You just, because you can't think of something to write about, you don't just write mindless drivel about who's doing what with who and why and how. So, that is my uh, Brandon Tailwag episode of the rating episode rating, sorry guys, is going to be, I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5. You know, I, I liked 
one of Punky's outfits, you know, the one I'm talking about was the, the, the blue shirt. It was simple. It was blue shirt underneath. She had that black vest, which she had a lot of other, she had that black vest and that hat, but she had like other shirts underneath it. But the blue one that complemented it with a blue ribbon, that's my favorite. So that's going to be one of them. Um, the next one is going to be cherry with the food column, the pizza. That pizza, that pepperoni wonton pizza sounds so good. I want to see if I can find a recipe for that. I would make that in a heartbeat because it sounds so yummy. Um, let's see. Brandon with the, uh, the camera. Love that. That was really great. Um, I knocked a couple off for Spud and him getting angry at Punky. I mean, yes, it was deserved. She did kind of embarrass him. But he embarrassed himself by running in 99 yards in the other direction. I don't know. That's got to be a lot. And, uh, and that girl Peggy. Dude, guys. Don't like her. I'm happy we don't see her again. She was a two-timey little butt. I did not like that. I'm sure she's going to be no different when she gets to be older and in high school and dating two boys or three boys at once or whatever. So, uh, Punky's Principles, pretty much just if someone gives you an assignment, something like that to do, don't resort to mindless dribble of gossip. Don't just write whatever the heck you feel like that ends up hurting other people. Do something, find out what people are interested in and write to that. Appeal to people's senses, not mindless gossip and crap like that. Um, let's see. Hold on. Also, I think for the episodes, I might do a who had the best outfit. Like, definitely for Punky. Because she had, like, at least four or five different outfits this episode. So I'm going to vote on mine, and I'll have, like, different pictures up. So I'll have at least four different outfits, so you guys can kind of choose what one you like. And then whatever one's got the best votes is going to be the one that I'll reveal the results in the next episode. So let's jump on to some YouTube comments for the, these episodes here. They're also grown in season three. I miss Mike. You know what, guys? I kind of miss Mike, too. Uh, Punky needs to stay eight years old forever. This isn't the same. And I'll agree. It's really not. It's probably took some adjustment for people to, like, Punky's not a little girl. She's not eight anymore. She's going to have other interests, you know, other friends, stuff like that. Being a kid was fun, although awkward, and confusing at times. I miss it. Seeing these again always brings me back to a time when life was easier. Of course, this is from the same person. Of course, since I was the same age as Punky, all of the things in this show I can relate to. Mr. T, camcorders, junior high, and terrible fashion. LOL, good times for sure. I wish we still had regular people dressing as colorfully as Punky. Tired of all the black skinny jeans and black tops. Henry seems like such an awesome dad. And Punky's so pretty. Yeah, she's a pretty girl. She's a pretty girl. Punky's lost the same tooth as me in this episode. Did you guys kind of notice that? Off to the side, she kind of was missing a tooth. I think it was like, like three or four teeth, um away from the front tooth. All right, 
Not to analyze this, but if Spud ran the wrong way 99 yards into the end zone, it would be a safety, not a touchdown, unless he fumbled the ball and it was recovered by the other team. So that's some sports. Someone's given some sports analogy here. Which is good, because I don't know anything about football. Don't want to know anything about football. I'm not into sports. All right. And C, just like the episode The Dilemma, which I think is in season four, both guys dump the girl and stay buds. I just like that this show, along with many others in the 80s, taught children lessons. All right. Let's give a shout out to a new Punky Power Facebook like. Kelly Herrera. Thank you, Kelly, for liking the Facebook page. I hope you continue to follow. And now I'll give a warm welcome to the Punky Power Podcast family. Let's welcome some new listeners. We have Ashburn, Virginia, Bakersfield, California, Tampa, Florida, Tokyo, Japan, Rockland, California, Clarksburg, West Virginia, Inglewood, California, London, United Kingdom, Orlando, Florida, Indianapolis, Indiana, Martinez, California, Queenstown, Maryland, Orange City, Florida, Oswego, Illinois, Omaha, Nebraska, Sacramento, California, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Windsor, California, Monroe, Louisiana, Hialeah, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, Florida, Owasso, Oklahoma, Cupertino, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, that's how I'm seeing, Cupertino, California, Los Angeles, California, Ocoee, Florida, Fair Oaks, California, Cairo, Egypt, Kansas City, Missouri, Fort Worth, Texas, and Mountain View, California. I want to give you guys all a big thank you, my listeners out there. However you listen to this podcast, whether it's on iTunes or SoundCloud or any other way you use the, um, listen to this podcast. Guys, I love giving you guys the episode recaps of Punky Brewster. And it's more really than just episode recaps. This is full episode descriptions with clips. So I'm having a fun time doing this. It's fun just being able to watch this and you're getting my reactions first time around is so fun. As well as my occasional running commentary and childhood stories. Now, I never did anything in regards to writing a column for a school newspaper or or uh, the school paper at all. I did, however, write a poem about my cat that I had. Speaking of cats, Quinn is pawing at the door to get in, so I have the door shut, so I'm going to open it real quick. So I opened the door, and she... Quinn, are you coming in or are you not coming in? I opened the door for you. She does this all the time. It's like, let me in. No, I'm not going to come in. I'm going to stay out in the hallway. This cat, I tell you guys, I love her to death. She's my baby girl, but she can be a goofball sometimes. (laughs) I think she doesn't like the idea of closed doors. Like, I don't want the door to be closed if you're not here. Okay. Anyway. Um, guys, if you enjoyed this podcast, please go to iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Guys, I would love if you take, like, a couple minutes just to go to iTunes, give me, you know, a five-star review, four-star, whatever you feel it needs, and just tell me what you think of it. The more people that review, the more this podcast is going to get out there and people will, will experience it, you know. If, um, also... Hey there, Quinn Cat. How you doing, baby? 
Just chilling. You chilling? Alright. You can also follow me on Facebook, Punky Power, on Unofficial Punky Brewster Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Punky PB Podcast. That's pretty much where I do all my stuff is going to be on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter. All the stuff I do on Instagram is going to show up on Twitter. And you can email me at punkypowerppodcast at gmail.com. Guys, I would love, love, love to hear with you. I would love to converse with you about Punky Brewster, about whatever in regards to that. So join me next Sunday when I review Season 3, Episode 3, Tons of Fun, which aired on November 3rd, 1987. In this episode, Punky's overweight cousin, Louise, wants to lose weight. Now, this is actually her cousin through Henry. I think it's Henry's cousin twice removed. So maybe it's like a cousin's child's daughter or something. I think It's got to be something like that because this girl is right around Punky's age. So it's got to be, yeah, a, like a twice removed cousin. I don't know how that works, but... That episode is, that is, I feel, a serious episode because it is dealing with something that everyone in this day and age is dealing with. Body shaming, body image, feeling unfit, feeling like you don't belong, and everything like that. And I'm going to take that episode as serious as possible. I'm not going to make fun of that girl's weight because it is very unfair. But... Just some of the things that she does, I I don't agree with. I that get me kind of angry. Not a lot of things, just like a, a couple that. You know, we'll, we'll we'll get into that episode when we get into it. But other than that, that's that's pretty much it. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. I hope it gets warmer soon. It's supposed to get warm. It's supposed to warm up this weekend, and I'm really hoping so, because I want to make another trip to Schuler's. I have, like, three totes full of books. I want to get rid of some of these books and get some money for them to get more books. And I also want to see my aunt and my grandma, who still have, uh, I have their Christmas cards with their, uh, I got them my, uh, my gift cards. And my aunt has, um, my birthday present, my Christmas present, sorry. That she gives me a little money to spend. Of course, I'm going to use it on books. I have my wish. I have my lists on Goodreads. So, also, if you guys do Goodreads, um, find me on Goodreads. I should be under Angela Bowen or Cat Among Books or something like that. And we can talk about books. I can see what you're reading. You can see what I'm reading. See if we're compatible. All that fun stuff. So, have a wonderful week. All right. Bye-bye.